You're listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast, where you'll hear the stories and interviews of everyday millionaires. We'll unveil their decisions, their strategies, and their current portfolio allocation. Now to your hosts, Clark Sheffield and Jace Mattinson. Welcome to the Millionaires Unveiled podcast. Today on the show, we've got a special episode where we recap all of the millionaires, the last 10 that we've done. Just to give you a little idea what's what's in store, the average net worth was $2.82 million, which is right on pace with the net worths of all the other millionaires we've had. Today, we've actually interviewed millionaires that total $86.1 million. That does not include the guest interviews that we've had on the show, just the millionaires. But before we get into all the details of, of these millionaires and stuff, let's let's let Clark get into a little bit about the business of the show. So we're excited. We've reached uh, some top uh, rankings in the charts on iTunes. We've reached the top 20 in investing. Actually, I think the top 15 and then also the top uh, 50 in business podcast. So we're excited about that. We're excited that the podcast continues to grow. Uh, if you like the show, if you enjoy it, please give us a ranking and review on iTunes. It helps us get out the word, helps us get to new listeners. If you'd like to be on the show, if you're a millionaire, as a as a millionaire interview, please uh, give us an email. Our email is millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. Or also, if you'd like to be on for a guest interview, we've had some aspiring millionaires and others who have investing advice to share. We're happy to have you on as one of our guest interviews. Also, we continue to invest and uh, buy buildings in the multifamily space. We're partnering with uh, with a couple guys that have combined about 30 experience, and we continue to be successful with those ventures. So IRRs have historically been in the 20s, and I know several of you have reached out, and so just encourage anybody else who may be interested as an accredited investor in syndicated real estate deals. These are all multifamily deals. We'd be happy to have you on board. Uh, so without further ado, Jace, we'll start with the recaps with guest interview uh, at episode number seven, the 29-year-old with a net worth of 500000 Yeah, so on episode 27, we had Taylor, who's 29, has a net worth of $500,000. He's got an MBA. He and his wife both have six-figure incomes. He's got about $350,000 in investments, mainly ETFs, but a few index funds, and that's mixed between his retirement and taxable accounts. And he's been investing ever since he got out of undergrad in his mid-20s. He had some very interesting career advice that's helped him navigate to where he is today. And that was always be a free agent. You know, companies will dispose of people who don't bring value to the organization. On the flip side of that, if you feel that you can bring value or more value to an organization that you're not, not with at the current time or if the market allows you to jump ship, be willing to do so. Choose a path also that, that has higher earning potential is his advice. You know, He mentioned that his wife is in sales and that her income basically is, is unlimited. And he's chosen a career in finance as a financial analyst, which pays well but probably doesn't have quite the the escalating income as his wife does. He's looking to diversify into real estate as he's been pretty heavy in the market. That's something that he's looking to invest in more. And he does mention that that he was looking at buying a, a new car in cash. Kind of got in a little bit about his philosophy on the episode of, of debt. And he's not completely opposed to it, uh, but definitely has a little bit more uh, risk aversion to, to debt 
in terms of, uh, you know, leveraging too much. You can check him out at MrFiGuy.com. And uh, just to give you a little update, he has purchased the vehicle since that episode is, has uh, aired. I did that in cash. We continue to, to keep tabs and, and keep in touch with Taylor and hope to bring him back in at a future episode. And now Clark will talk about uh, episode 28. So episode 28 is titled Dog with a Life-Changing Tesla. And he has a current net worth. Million. This is Doc G. He, his primary job is he's a physician. He works in internal medicine. And one of the highlights from this episode was that he has eight streams of income. And he makes about 30000 a month from these side incomes combined. And so we asked him about each of those side incomes. He shared just a, a few that he has. He, he consults, does consulting in both uh, internal medicine and other medical consulting and also as an expert witness. He also runs some programs at nursing homes. He also uh, self-manages some real... A lot of those households have come from, from items that are in his field, but also some he's been able to reach out. He's currently 44 years old. He has two kids. He has about $2 million in, in tax-deferred uh, accounts, both 401ks and IRAs. He has about $2 million in real estate, uh, and that includes both his primary rental and other, other real estate. The remainder is in 529 accounts, cars, art, etc. He invests pretty heavy in the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, as many of our millionaires do. He's 60% invested in that fund, and there's 30% invested in international index funds, still with Vanguard, and then 10% in the Vanguard bond fund. So that's combination he follows each of his accounts started in real estate early by buying a condo, and he talked about that story about how he was able to just continually build one condo at a time, and since then, he's been able to grow, really grow and manage his real estate uh, portfolio. At the peak of his career, he called it, he was making about $1 million, uh, and that's between both his, his doctor's physician job and then also his side hustles. He currently makes about 250000 He's uh, kind of tried to pull things back and slow down a little bit, but obviously still makes a significant amount of money. The interesting thing, and this comes from the title of Doctor with a Life-Changing Tesla, we asked him, you know, do people know you're rich and has that changed the way they've treated you? And he said, historically, it, it, hasn't, it hasn't affected things. People haven't treated me different. He said, but then my car broke down, I needed to buy a new car, and I decided to buy a Tesla. And he said, that's when things started to change. That's, you know, somebody would treat me differently because I rolled up to a nursing home and the Tesla and he said he lost a couple jobs. And there's no way to know that that was directly related to the Tesla, but he thinks it might be. And, and, and so anyway, that's the, that's why we call a doctor with a life-changing Tesla. So now over to Jace for episode 29. Yeah, episode 29, we had Steve on, and Steve has a net worth of $3.4 million. He was an engineer by trade, and one thing interesting, and we put this in the title, is he turned down a $1.2 million salary job offer to come basically out of retirement, and he just decided that he didn't want to you know, work at the 9-to-5 uh, job anymore, and he had enough to retire on. His al asset allocation, he basically had $1.5 million with Vanguard, and that was broken up between some actively managed funds of about 800k, and some money market at about five or about 600k, and then uh, which is basically his 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 
opportunity fund, as he called it. He's got about 50% of that in, in equities, and then the, the remaining was, was the cash and, and bonds. He's got a couple hundred in a Betterment account, which was kind of an experiment, and then another $1.5 million in personal capital, and then a paid-for house. And his, his big advice that he believed was, was key to his success was same house, same spouse, same car bought the house that they still live in today when he very, very first started with the same company. That was another thing that was pretty unique about Steve was he started with one company out of college and stayed with them and worked up and up and up for his whole career. He turned down that $1.2 million salary in retirement and has since been moving on to many side hustles, including blogging and a bunch of other things. He had an interesting story where he talked about his dad. He said his dad probably never made more than 40k, but he became a millionaire. And that just kind of sh- goes to show that, you know, no matter what your income level is, if you cut your expenses, if you're real astute about keeping track of where your money goes and you invest wisely, over time, your money's going to do the hard work for you. And that taught him a lot of a lot of good lessons that he and his brother were able to implement he's got a little bit um in some actively managed funds that he just barely started putting some money into um and he'll eventually move those over to some index funds he also brought up an interesting point that we hadn't gone on to the show or that we hadn't talked about on the show and that was uh, about safe harbor provisions his company didn't have those and so you know People talk about on the show, you know, maxing out a 401k, and sometimes depending on how 401k plan is set up, you know, he, as a highly compensated employee and being in a, in a blue-collar, you know, field with some engineers but also some some uh, skilled laborers, a lot of the lower-level uh, paid employees at his company didn't contribute to the 401k, which basically didn't allow him to completely max out his 401k. So even though he contributed to the 401k and and wanted to max out, he wasn't he didn't have that opportunity because of of safe harbor provisions. And that was kind of an interesting thing that, that got brought up in the interview, but he did max out his his Roth accounts when they became available and uh, that was a, that was how he was able to kind of grow his net worth to $3.4 million. And now Clark will talk about uh, interview number 30. So interview 30 is a marriage to millionaire, uh, net worth of $3.3 million. And this episode is an interview with Meg. She's a 30-something-year-old banker. She's also married to a banker with, like I just said, net worth $3.3 million. And, and she's kind of invested in, in three separate categories. She's a million dollars in stocks and bonds, she has one million in real estate, and then one million other buckets and, and, and cash reserves and those other buckets include her retirement accounts. And so we say from marriage to millionaire because she wasn't quite a, uh, a millionaire before she got married and then she got married and, and became a millionaire. So one interesting conversation we had with her is what it was like to, to then combine finances with her husband and also to take kind of their investing strategies and their backgrounds and then combine it together as, as one. So she had some great uh, advice on that about how the two of them had kind of come together from different situations and then how they were able to work together on money. It's interesting with, we talk with when we talk to these millionaires, you know, some maybe haven't done extremely well with their spouse in, in the category, but 
many of them have, and all of them have shared the idea that it's critical to be married, to be on the same page with your spouse uh, financially. So she started in real multi-family syndications. She talks about her experience with those syndications, some of them with groups, uh, how she was able to find those, why she decided to invest in those syndications, and that they've worked for her. She's had good experiences with them. They've been profitable. She's seen good returns. And then she also uh, bought and self-managed her own property. And then she eventually hired a property manager to overtake that work. She said she kind of had some, some problems self-managing it. And once she hired a property manager, she actually saw more special a month than when she was managing it herself. I think she originally tried to do you know, a little, a little cheaper to try and do it herself. And she realized it wasn't worth the hassle. It wasn't worth the work. And she went out and hired a property manager and saw great things because of it. Uh, and so we asked her, because she kind of had a breadth of experience in real estate, we said, well, where should you start? Someone's looking to start in real estate. Do they start in syndications? Do they buy their property? If they buy their own property, is it a single-family house? Is it a condo? Is it just investing in, in a syndication? Is it investing in a duplex or a quad or something bigger in multifamily? And she talked about how it depends on the individual. It kind of depends on, on someone's willingness to, to take on risk. And, and just their appetite for, for what they're looking in their, in their real estate investing. She also talked about some restricted stock options, and, and that was the first time we talked about this on our show, she talked about what they are and some of the investing benefits, and then also gave them some great career advice. So that was episode 30 with Meg, and now Jace will take episode 31. Yeah, so episode 31, we had Dr. Corey Fawcett, who had a net worth of $6.5 million. $3.9 million of that was in some real estate, mainly uh, apartment buildings. We'll get to that in a second. He had another $1.95 million in the market, and another 10, uh, 10% of the, of, of the remaining, I guess, 650000 was in a home, and then a little bit left, about 4% um, of his net worth in cash. He runs a business now teaching doctors about finances. He's also the author of several books. He became debt-free in the 90s after buying a practice and a house and an RV. He kind of had an epiphany that he wanted to get out of debt. So he got out of debt, paid it all off, and then turned to his wife and said, what are we going to do with, with this money? He had a great income. He was making over two hundred fifty grand. So in the early 2000s, he started buying real estate, and he bought five complexes, basically bought one per year starting in 2001. And then, uh, you know, his first deal he, he got into, which was pretty interesting, he bought a 31-unit with no money down, and he, and he jokes that he actually got paid uh, at closing to, to buy that property. And he's managed, self-managed all those properties. They're all within five to ten minutes of his house um, in his in his area and has since retired from from being a doctor and com completely relies on the income from his investments in the market and his real estate and he's got most of his money in the market and some traditional uh, ETFs and then also some index funds he told us he became a millionaire at age 37 which by the way is has been kind of the average age of the uh, the millionaires that we've talked to that are not in their 30s 
the average age, most of them become a millionaire around their late 30s, between 37 and 39. There's a few that, that piped into the, the early 40s, but that was an interesting uh, statistic that we kind of found out with all these millionaires. Um, he also talked about one thing that, was, that they've done. He and his wife have kind of put all their assets in a trust that they intend to, to pass down to, to their children. And he also mentioned that this last year he gave more to charity than he paid in taxes which is quite remarkable it show, goes to show that you know even as people become wealthy that you know they definitely want to continue to give and give back and this is one example in in Dr. Fawcett's case where he was very generous uh, definitely paid more to to charity than he had paid in taxes and now Clark will talk about interview 32 so episode 32, buying real estate on credit cards. This is Finance Stoic with a net worth of $2.2 million. So similar to episode 21, Dr. Corey Fowler, this guy also became a millionaire at 37. And then he hit his second million just two years later at 39. So current net worth of 2.2, hit his first one at 37, second at age 39. So right at the average of the millionaires that we've we've interviewed. Uh, he's a CPA. He worked at a large public accounting firm, and now he works uh, at CFO at, at a at a company outside accounting. He has of his his 2.2. He has he said 2.6 million in real estate, but then 1.6 million he has mortgages on his loan. So he has about 1 million in equity in real estate, 700,000 in cash, building cash pretty heavy. And then he has 450000 in investment accounts. And we talked with him about real estate because he was so heavy in real estate. He, the, he bought his first property at the age of 24. And he's bought about nine units over time. And they've bought and sold several units, currently on three or four. And, and so he's both bought and sold. He lives in the Vancouver market where there's only 3% caps. Uh, 3% cap rates on some of the properties that he's looking at, so extremely low cap rates, and he says it's hard to cash flow uh, at properties in his area. He's currently living in his investment property where they build a single-family home, and they also own a townhouse that they're building or they're building to uh, to rent out. And he talks about the leverage he's used along his way millionaire. He's been extremely leveraged in all of his real estate deals, and at some point he's even put uh, real estate debt on credit cards and then transfer when it's come time to to, to uh, pay off those credit cards about a year later from opening them he's transferred them to to next to other credit cards and so we talked about you know that strategy which is the first time that we've heard that on this show and and talked about both the risk and the upside of being that leverage on his real estate deals and so we talked with him uh, even more about real estate single family versus multi family investing and how he's kind of played in both those fields and the advantages and disadvantages of each. He also has a target net worth of six million. So he's about a third of the way of uh, where he wants to be. And so he's working hard to, to get on that path. So that's episode 32 with Finance Stoic. And now Jace will discuss the Frugal Professor, episode 33. 
Yeah, episode 33, we had the frugal professor, who is not a millionaire yet, but well on his way. He's got about a $550,000 net worth. He's got an MBA and a PhD and currently teaches in a business school. He's kind of had an interesting career path as he started at, at a uh, large publicly traded company, worked there for a few years, and then decided to kind of go back to school and, and, and become a professor. So he's kind of made an interesting navigation of his career to get where he is today. He had some some very sound advice uh, in terms of how he's gotten there. Spend less than you earn, learn the tax code, invest wisely, and track income and expenses. He said he doesn't really plan to invest in real estate. He's got about 70% uh, in the total stock market index fund split between Fidelity and Vanguard. And one thing that, that he really got into and, and highly promotes uh, on, on this episode was the HSA account and one that's triple tax advantaged and he believed that that is one of the greatest wealth building tools that we have available to us today so he got pretty into discussing that he's got various charts and graphs and all sorts of uh, tools on his website as well if you're really into the the nerdiness of, of personal finance the frugal professor is, is the place to go check that out and kind of check out all the numbers and and kind of geek out on that kind of thing. He's really big into to putting together these graphs and charts. And you know, we asked him what what he uh, would tell his students if he had one piece of advice to give him, and he just said, "Spend less than you earn." So with that, Clark, we'll get into episode thirty-four. Yeah. So just getting off that a little bit, uh, a few months back, we wrote an article in Business Insider titled "We've Interviewed Nearly Fifty Millionaires About How They Invest Their Money." Here are five strategies anyone can implement. And with that, we talked about the HSA and kind of triple tax advantage that Jason mentioned. If you haven't read that article, check it out. It's on uh, Business Insider titled, We've Interviewed Nearly 50 Millionaires About How They Invest Their Money. Here are five strategies anyone can implement. So, so 34 is a mechanical engineer net worth of $1.3 million. And his net worth is broken out. He has about 900 in traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, and 4K, so 900000 retirement. He has about 200000 in home equity with a 70000 mortgage remaining on the home, and then about 100000 in college funds for his kids. He's 46 years old, and he invested primarily in index funds in the VDSAS, the Vanguard Total Market Index Fund. That's one that we, re- we repeatedly excuse me, see people see our millionaires invested in probably one of the most popular funds that we've seen. Uh, besides the, the mortgage left on his home, he has a little bit of a car loan remaining, and besides those two items, no other debt. We asked him what he did to celebrate hitting millionaire status and how oftentimes you know we see that as 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 one goal at least, or you know, if not the end goal of, of our financial journey. And he said life kept going. He was sitting on she turned to his wife and pointed to the accounts and said, hey, look at this. You know, we've reached millionaire status and, and from now on, life just kept going. But he's excited, of course, to hit that milestone. We asked him what were worth it along the way. And this is one of the questions we ask in our rapid fire questions. And and travel has been uh, something that, mil- that many of our millionaires have repeatedly said. And so he said travel, uh, vacations, and then he's a car. Cars have been worth the extra money to him. He's lived in the same home for over 20 years, and he's, that's been a great thing, helping growing his, his savings and continually to invest. 
he talked a lot about a SEP account, and that's standard equal periodic payments. It's a way to receive money early from your retirement funds without taking that that 10% penalty. And so he talked about that strategy and and how someone could implement that. Uh, for the last piece of advice, he said to really track your spending. It would be extremely beneficial for everyone to at least track their spending for a three-month period or you know even a one-month period to know exactly where your money is going. And he said when he first did that, he was surprised to see where everything was going and that there was money going in places that, that he didn't anticipate. So that was episode 34 with the mechanical engineer. Jay will now hit on episode 35 with the industrial engineer. Yeah, it seems like we've got an interesting theme going with several engineers on the on this uh, round of interviews. So episode 35 is with Jack. He's a 30-year-old engineer in the automotive industry and middle management. He also has a cat uh, side business that's cash flowing about 30 grand a month, and he barely just hit one million dollars when he came on our show. And his net worth is broken down. He's got about 300k in pre-tax funds. That's between a 401k and an SEP. Uh, IRA for his uh, wife and her business, and those are primarily invested in the total total stock market index fund. Interesting, we're bringing that up again. He's got about 50k in a Roth, 14k in an HSA, 11k in, in a lending club investment, and then he's got another 34k in some 529 funds for his kids' uh, education, and 200k in some taxable accounts, and which we. Or some of that is, is part of some uh, options that he uh, started kind of as a hobby about three years ago that I'll get to in a second. And then the rest was in a paid-for $300,000 home. One thing interesting that Jack brought up is, is he really has taken a, an interest in personal finance and, and the markets and has decided to uh, spend some time to learn how to trade options and has done fairly uh, well at it over, over the last couple of years. It was interesting. He brought up how he paid his house off. They got a 30-year mortgage in 2013, but as they started kind of making some extra money from this side business, his wife uh, wanted to kind of have that security blanket of a paid-for mortgage. So he mentions, you know, maybe mathematically it wasn't the smartest thing to do for them. For his family, it made sense to get that paid off because after that, any money that came in, they didn't need to pay any debt, and he could basically use it to, you know, either invest or play with or buy uh, and trade options. And so he talked a little bit about that and got into to his uh, passion for trading options and how much time he spends, which is is not very very much on a weekly basis. One thing, because he was so young and and had some some children in the mix already that we talked to him about was how he wanted to uh, teach his kids about investing and about money. And one thing that, that he was big on was being uh, an entrepreneur to some degree and having multiple streams of income. And so he really wanted to instill entrepreneurialism in his children at a very young age and was trying to come up with ways to do that with them, whether it was if they wanted to buy, you know, buy a toy, that they would figure out how to create some project that would generate some income, whether that was around the house or, or to neighbors or whatever. So we had a great interview with Jack. He's got a million-dollar net worth at 30 years old. He's well on his way to, to growing that. Did not have a timeline yet of, of a hard, hard stop on when he was going to potentially leave corporate world. Um, really enjoyed his job at, at the moment, and the side business was, was going really well. So with uh, 
with that, Clark, we'll get into the uh, episode number 36. So two of our younger millionaires, episode 35, uh, he was young, and then 36, uh, he's actually 30 years old. So 36 was Mr. Shirts with a net worth of $1.6 million. He works in commercial banking. And the biggest takeaway from this interview for me, and I think the biggest thing that he wanted listeners to take away was that you really don't have to make a large amount of money to get ahead and to become a millionaire. He said for the first seven years of his career, he made under uh, $60,000. And then for the first 10, so that would be including the 9, 8, 9, and 10, he, he made still under 80000 And so he didn't have a large income in the latter parts of his career, but he was able to just save every single year and then become a millionaire. And also during that time, his wife was going to school, so they had student uh, loans to pay off and then some education expenses. And so he was able to reach millionaire status with all of that going on. Uh, so like I said, 1.6 million net worth. He has 1.1 million in uh, retirement, including deferred compensation. And about 65% of that 1.1 million is in passive index fund, passive index fund, and uh, the remainder is in individual stocks and mutual funds. Some of the individual stocks he invests in are Costco, Cracker Barrel, and Coach. He's worked uh, at the same job, the speaking job, for 15 years. And so we talk with him a little bit about that. It's 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 more uh, uncommon for, for millennials now to stay at a job for that long. And so we talk with him about why that is and some of the perks uh, of staying at a longer job. And one of the things he mentioned, one perk he mentioned, was restrict, restricted stock options. And so he talks about those restricted stock options kind of being a retention tool, an incentive to stay at the company, if you will, and, and how that's structured and how uh, it's set up for him. For him, it's four years out. Also, we talked to him about career advice, and he says to have a good career, many companies are, are working three things. There's three things that are valuable to companies. And the first thing he mentioned was a unique and marketable skill set. The second is to lead and inspire people. And the third was to sell business or to bring in revenue. And he said those that really excelled in their career have mastered all of these things. If they've been a successful entrepreneur, you know, oftentimes uh, they've mastered all three of these things, but at least one or two. And so, again, that was episode 36 with Mr. Schertz, net worth of $1.6 million. Biggest takeaway being that you don't have to make a lot of money to become a millionaire. You don't have to be a doctor, make a million or $250,000 a year to get there. He was able to get there just, you know, averaging sixty or $70,000 a year. So without further ado, Jace will now uh, take episode 37. Yeah, so on episode 37, we had another 30-year-old, a Canadian, actually, millionaire, who's been an oil and gas engineer for a majority of his career. He's got a net worth of $1.2 million. Currently, he's got about 830000 in stocks. That's kind of split between the Ameri- or the uh, United States equivalent of a Roth and a 401k. Most of those are in some ETFs, but he also has about 40% of that in, in some oil and gas stocks. kind of brings up that he's in the industry and he feels like he knows uh, the industry well enough now that he can kind of take some of those risks and, and figure out how to trade uh, some oil and gas stocks. And then the rest is is in some real estate. It's about four hundred grand in, in real estate. He made a nice uh, chunk of change in the Vancouver real estate market. You know, he bought mainly in the condo market and has watched those properties 
uh, rise significantly over the last couple years. And uh, so without uh, further ado, we'll get into interview 38. So episode 38 titled Product Manager Still Paying Rent is Adam, current net worth of $1.25 million. Uh, we call it he's still paying rent because he, he's still paying rent. He doesn't own a house. He cho- He's chosen to do that. He said he doesn't want to worry about it, and he, he's maybe not quite sure where he, he wants to be, and so he's still paying paying rent, still rents an apartment. Uh, he has about 80000 in his 401k, 110000 in Roth days, and he spends about $55,000 a year. He expects that spending about 55000 a year to continue uh, into retirement. He hit his first million at 35 years old, the one of our younger uh, millionaires. He's a former programmer turned product manager, and he also, you know, like many of our millionaires, invest primarily in index funds. He's invested 40% in the Vanguard Total Stock Market Index Fund, 20% in the International Index Fund, and then 40% in REITs and uh, other mutual funds and some bonds. As far as allocation uh, within those those funds, he's about 50, 53% in U.S. stocks, 21% in international equities, and then 15% in bonds and the remaining in other. He said he maxed out his IRAs and his 401k since he started working full time. And an interesting thing about this interview, or, or rather about his education, is that he, he has no investments in real estate. And so we talked to him about that, and he said he's had you know a couple experiences with real estate, but has just chosen to to keep investing in the markets. We talked about his pursuit for early retirement. That's something he's interested in and something he wants to do. And he currently holds no debt at all. So that's episode 38, product manager still paying rent with a current net worth of $1.3 million. And Jace will take our last episode, our most current episode, episode 39. Yeah, so on episode 39, we had Anthon, who's a millennial. He's got a current net worth of 450 k He's primarily in software sales, been working full-time for about five years after he graduated university. His allocation is split between a couple homes. One's a home that he was building uh, at the current time that we were interviewing him, and then also a rental. He's got another 30% in some financial uh, uh, securities, and then 15% in, in cash. And interesting, he was one of the first that had put some money, about $45,000 in some cryptocurrencies, um, and, and along with some other other categories, just kind of experimenting. He's got about $500 cash flow from the one rental. Uh, he discusses his, his current portfolio, and he kind of gives a nice shout-out to the show on, on the interview about how his wife didn't really want to talk about uh, real estate and investments until she started listening to our show. And then on their nightly walks, it, it became a, a, a very common topic to discuss because she was so into to the show he talks a little bit about potentially having early retirement which is something very common among uh, some of the younger millionaires or the the younger ones that we've interviewed not really sure if they want early retirement don't necessarily have a date but it is something that they are kind of experimenting with the thought process of of potentially retiring early something that's kind of been made popular by uh, Mr. Money Mustache and several others that have followed suit. So that's the wrap. Once again, to, to kind of give you a rundown, to date, we've interviewed millionaires, at least released episodes worth $86.1 million. This last round of 10 had a net worth on average of 
million dollars, which is right in line with our our average overall on the show, uh, which is 2.87 million. Many of them very diversified between stocks, few bonds in there, real estate, uh, a couple small businesses as well, and uh, you know, kind of getting the whole gamut. We've had a few people write in and, and ask us if we're going to have some people that are DECA millionaires on the show, and we're definitely open to it, definitely working on a couple at the moment. If you'd like to be on the show, and if you're DECA millionaire too, let us know. Um, you know, and if you also have a specific profession, whether it's a firefighter or a policeman or nurse or something, and, and you've become a millionaire and you'd be willing to, to, to share your story, you know, let us know. Send us an email at millionairesunveiled at gmail.com. And uh, we'd love to have you love to have you on the show and, and kind of tell your story. Show people that no matter what profession, no matter what your income is, that it's definitely possible to become a millionaire in today's environment as long as you spend less than you earn and invest wisely. We'll uh, wrap it up until next week. Thanks for listening to the Millionaire's Unveiled podcast with Clark Sheffield and Chase Mantinson. For more stories, investment opportunities, and information, check out our website at millionairesunveiled.com. See you next time when you'll hear from another everyday millionaire.